Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. I think that all of us want to know God better. In fact, maybe that's why we come to church in the first place, why we still come to church when most people don't anymore. Now, I realize that in this day and age, people are, are not so much going to church, but the desire to know God is still in them. And perhaps they turn elsewhere to find an experience of the divine, or perhaps they just numb themselves out to this implanted desire with other less fruitful pursuits. Science has long observed that humans seem to have a desire to worship or to seek God implanted deep into our very being. In short, we we crave God's presence. It reminds me of the little story of the Christian nursery school teacher asking her class, of all the Bible characters, who would you most want to be? And a little girl answered, low. Low, the teacher questioned, for she couldn't think of any Bible character named Low. Yes, Low, the little girl went on to explain. Low, because the Bible says that God is with Low always. Maybe we too are familiar with the King James Version's Matthew 28, 20 verse, Lo, I am with you always. This little girl wanted to be the one whom God was always with. In her childlike inexperience, she believed Lo to be a person rather than recognizing Lo as a part of speech we old English teachers call interjections. The little girl wasn't alone in wanting to know God and wanting the presence of God. We do too. In fact, wanting to know God and have God's presence with us goes all the way back to our ancestors in the faith. Today our story is about Moses, who likewise craved God's presence and has a particularly unique opportunity to enter into conversation with God. So let me set the context for you. God had already rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, and not only did God deliver them, but as they left Egypt, they plundered it. Then God defeated the army that pursued them, fed them manna and quail in the desert, helped them to defeat an army that came out to attack them and appeared to them on Mount Sinai. And then God said to them, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, 
for the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And here we see God acting visibly and powerfully on behalf of God's people, a people God had charged with a mission to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation from whom the Messiah would one day come. But the people misbehaved, and that goes on. You remember that event? Um, As Moses, the leader, met with God, Israel created an idol, a golden calf, and sacrificed to it. The people ate and drank, and they indulged in revelry. When Moses came back from meeting with God, he saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control. Things were so bad that God wanted to just end the the whole thing and start over again. And so Moses enters into this conversation with God that you heard read. Moses prays, and I think that we can learn a lot about how to pray from, from unpacking our scripture today. Moses gives three requests that not only get to the heart of what we need, but also get to the heart of what God wants for us. Moses' first request is God's friendship. Moses says, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have have said, I know you by name, and, and you have found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Well, here Moses realizes that God has appointed him as leader, but Moses realizes he can't do this without help. Formerly, God had promised to send an angel, angel, um, but not to go personally. But that wasn't good enough for Moses. So Moses prays for something else. Just as God knows Moses and calls him a friend, so Moses wants to know God. Now, this isn't a theoretical knowing. It's a personal knowing. It's the knowing of friendship. Moses wants to know what God intends for Israel, how God plans to act, and how God will provide for the people. Moses wants to really know God, not just know about God, but to really know God. The Canadian theologian J.J. Packer once said, a little knowledge of God is worth more than a great deal of knowledge about him. Packer goes on to say in his book, Knowing God, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. See, in Moses' first prayer request, in the midst of this daunting mission, Moses really wants to know God. How often do we pray to know God better? Well, this comes with intention and opening our hearts to God, the very God who has opened a heart to us. 
We see God's heart in scripture and in church and also in the experience of prayer. Prayer is a really good place for us to start, especially during times like this when we, we start losing hope in the world. Pray, God, I want to know you. I want friendship with you. And trust me, this is a prayer God is eager to answer. Now, the second request in our scripture today in Moses' prayer is for God's presence. Earlier in the chapter, before today's reading, we learned that God sent an angel instead, but Moses wanted God's presence alone. It would be better to live in a desert with no home permanently than to go to the promised land without God, Moses says. Moses isn't praying for all of his problems to be solved or for all of his dreams to come true, even though most of us think that would be very nice. And these are probably the things that we're most apt to pray for. What Moses prays for is for God's presence to be with him and Israel. He doesn't want to be anywhere where God isn't. The very thing that had set Israel apart from everyone else wasn't their land or their wealth, their culture, or anything else, because they didn't have any of these at that point. The only thing that set them apart was God's presence. And I think it's a good prayer for us, too. We must pray to know God more deeply and for God's presence. Well, maybe it's better said that we should pray for the, the ability to perceive God's presence, because we know that God is always there, whether perceived or not, whether bidden or not. Now, you see the progression here. First, Moses wants to know God. Second, Moses wants God to move in with them. And that was the whole point of the tabernacle occurring earlier in, well, in Exodus 25 through 40, the so-called tabernacle chapters. The Hebrew word translated as tabernacle comes from a, a root word meaning to settle or to abide or dwell. As their tent of meeting, the movable tabernacle was also a, a sanctuary made holy by God's glorious holy presence. We Christians say that Jesus tabernacles with us. In the Old Testament, tabernacle, you know, that the tabernacle in the Old Testament was built by forgiven sinners, and it, it was the gift of God. But in the fullness of time, the Son of God was born, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Jesus came as a new and better tabernacle to dwell with us and in us. We call him Emmanuel, God with us. Heaven came to earth and walks with us, meets with us, speaks to us, forgives us, and makes sinners holy. There's no curtain or veil that stands between Jesus and sinners anymore. No priests must approach Jesus on our behalf. We have unfettered access to God's presence forever. Even the tax collectors and the prostitutes can sit at the table with him. No longer will the glory of God consume us. Rather, Jesus sanctifies us and makes us holy. 
Well, let's go back to Moses. He's not yet done with his prayer in our scripture today. He has a third request, which is to be shown God's glory. Now, this is an audacious request. Moses has already seen glimpses of God's glory at the burning bush and when he entered God's presence on the mountaintop. And now Moses prays to see the fullness of God's beauty and greatness. Now, I understand glory as an incredible light show, which is overwhelming, if not radioactive, and potentially harmful to human beings in our material state. We don't do well with gamma ray bursts. And, and here I think of Paul, who was temporarily blinded by the flash of heavenly light on the road to Damascus. And here's the thing, according to this Pastor Paul trip, he says, we humans are glory junkies. Whether we like it or not, we're addicted to glory, maybe even hardwired by God for glory, for awe, to have our minds blown, our hearts expanded, to be taken beyond the normal, the mundane, and absorbed into that which is wonderful and beautiful and satisfying. Maybe that's why we like the triple overtime NBA games or the seven-layer moose cake, or the movie that keeps us on the edge of our seats. And the thing is, God granted Moses' third request, sort of anyway. God says Moses will only get a glance. If Moses saw all of God's glory, it would destroy him. The full glory of God is more than any human could bear. God says, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. So God protectively puts Moses in a cleft of the rock and covers Moses with God's hand until God passes by. Moses can only see God's back, not God's face. I truly do not believe our Material flesh and blood bodies can withstand the intensity of light energy that fully makes up God's goodness. But God does give Moses what he can handle in his present human form. And I think that God knows we all need a little taste of glory sometimes. It keeps us going. It bolsters our faith. That's why we have accounts of near-death experiences to captivate us, and TV series about being touched by an angel, and the occasional dead relative showing up and reassuring us that all is truly well on the other side of the veil. Moses prays to God for friendship, presence, and glory when things had gotten rough in the aftermath of the people sacrificing to an idol. Oh yes, we can still pray for things to change, for healings and for comfort and for wisdom and for strength, but let us also pray for God's friendship, presence, and glory, which are abundantly available to us in Jesus. I want to end today by telling you about Brother Lawrence, in some of the words of Carmen Acevedo's modern translation of his work. 
brother Lawrence lived from 1611 to 1691 and was a lay brother in a Carmelite monastery where he primarily worked in the kitchen. His reflections, known as the practice of the presence of God, have inspired countless Christians and other spiritual seekers to simple practices of contemplation and presence. Brother Lawrence begins by encouraging us to take brief moments of pause during our busy days to enhance our awareness of God's presence. And based on our Exodus text today, we could add to this knowledge of God and even a time of asking for an experience of God's glory. Brother Lawrence shares, during our work and other activities, even during our reading and writing, no matter how spiritual, and I emphasize, even during our external devotions and vocal prayers, we must stop for a brief moment, as often as we can, to love God deep in our heart, to savor God, even though this is brief and in secret. Since you are aware that God is present before you during your actions, that God is already in the deep center of your soul, why not stop your activities and even your vocal prayers, at least from time to time, to love God, praise God, and ask God for help and offer in your heart a thank you. Ultimately, we can offer God no greater evidence of our faithfulness than by frequently detaching and turning from all things created so we can enjoy our Creator for a single moment. I don't mean to give the impression, though, that you should stop working or abandon your duties. That would be impossible. Wisdom, the, the mother of all our spiritual strengths, will be your guide. I am saying, however, that it is a common oversight among spiritually-minded people not to turn from outside engagements from time to time to worship God within ourselves and enjoy some peace in small amounts from the divine presence. Brother Lawrence teaches that this practice begins with the faith that God is truly present with us in all times and in all circumstances. All of this reverence must, must be done by faith. Believing God is really living in our hearts, that we must honor, love, and serve God in spirit and in truth. Infinitely excellent and with sovereign power, God deserves all that we are and everything in heaven and on earth now and through eternity. All our thoughts, words, and actions belong rightly to God. So that the challenge is to put it into practice. And that would involve carefully considering what qualities we most need to be kind. Which are the most difficult for us to develop? Which ways of harming ourselves and others do we most often fall into? And which are the most frequent and predictable of our falls? At 
the moment of our struggle, we must turn back to God with complete confidence. So be still in the presence of divine majesty. Respect God humbly, telling God our heartaches and our weaknesses, and asking God lovingly for the help of God's grace. This is how in our fragility we find God in strength. So, you know, when things are bad, we so need God's friendship, presence, and glory. Because deep down, we want to be low too, just like the little Sunday school girl did, low, the one who God is with always. We are all low. Moses showed us a way to pray in our scripture today. Brother Lawrence reminds us to stop intentionally from our daily activities for a brief moment as often as we can to love and savor God deep in our heart, to praise God, to ask God for help, and to offer a simple thank you. May we be reminded of these things today and always. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.